0: The podcast. Uh, well, hey, this is uh, Jason, pastor at Zion, and we are starting a series on the 40 Days of Purpose. I'm here with my good friend and co-worker, Megan Dennis. Great to have you here this morning.
1: Thank you. It is wonderful to be here.
0: <laughs> okay, so for those who are are listening or watching, um, this is not Megan's favorite thing to do. She actually doesn't like you don't like being on podcasts.
1: I'm nervous. I don't know what to say. But
0: you always do a great job. Oh, thank you. So we are in the process we're trying some new things. We, we stopped the breakthrough breakdown, took a break from our podcast there, and we're kind of revisioning. Uh, during Lent, Jennifer Colby, our adult ministries director, she did uh, a Lent devotional series on the book of James that went really well, and so we're going to have reels and that kind of stuff. Um, but really, the goal of this is to engage on the 40 Days of Purpose and what we're going through as a church. And I realize there are people who are watching this who don't go to our church, and that's cool. That's awesome. Um so what we're gonna do? Uh, we're gonna we're just gonna talk about it. We're gonna have some conversation and talk about what you're learning and what God's doing there, and and just have a good time. Great. It's gonna be awesome. I can't wait. <laughs> All right. Okay. So Sunday we talked about the difference between okay. So we have we have God's purpose for our life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we have our passion, mm-hmm. and we have our calling, and how what are the things that you're passionate about? And have those have your passions helped you? Are they helping you maybe figure out your purpose?
1: Yeah, I think my passions change. Okay, say more about that, yeah. have, I mean, just from elementary age through college through adulthood, the different seasons in your life uh, echo to what you're passionate about at that moment. Yeah. Um, I used to have a great passion for middle school kids um, when I was probably in my college age years because they so were- like two years
0: ago, three years ago? I wish. I, was...
1: <laughs> I wish. Not anymore, <laughs> but that was the age that I wanted to be a role model to, and so they, I had a small group with them and poured a lot of time and energy into that kind of age group, and as I've gotten older, that has changed, or then it was more towards high school girls, or then um, I got involved, and I actually really liked fifth grade girls, and so I don't know, just but the passion for pouring into people or shepherding has always kind of been an underlying tone, Yeah. Um, but I guess... As you become a parent, too, your passions can change. And so it just goes hand-in-hand hand with calling a little yeah.
0: bit. Well, and I, I think about, like, so the story that we talked about on Sunday was Jacob and Esau and what happens when your passions go awry.
2: Because
0: mm-hmm. passions are not your purpose, but I do think passions can help you discover your purpose. Uh, we have I have a couples group on Sunday night, and one of them brought up, and it was a sermon that I did a long time ago. I, I don't even remember when I did it. Um, but the fear is, is that like, if I surrender my life to God, what if his purpose for my life is I'm going to be supposed to be a missionary in Zimbabwe. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing is, is that if that's really what God has for you, he's going to birth that passion in you that you want to do that. Yeah, It's not a force. And and I think when we look at passions, I think it's interesting because passions can be bad. Yeah, But often passions will lead us to help us uncover our purpose because I think God uses our passions to help us realize. Oh wait, I gave you that passion for a purpose. Yes. So what would you say your passion is now? I mean, and I know some of that's changed your your mom, you got two kids.
1: Yep. Um that's a good question. I it's funny how that has Did you ask if my passion has changed or my Yeah, what purpose? what's your
0: passion now? That's what's us so, your passion? So yeah,
1: now. now I would say I just, I have a passion for the church as a whole Mm -hmm. and, and seeing people grow and develop and take on a faith that's their own. And, um, I love seeing when people step into their own purpose, passions, callings, um, and helping to facilitate that. Um, because prior to this current position that I'm in, um, I had a real passion for missions and waited and waited and waited for God to send me to Zimbabwe, and he didn't. (laughs) Um, My passion led to a calling in ministry, and I didn't really see that as what it was at the time. And yet now I can see completely God, missions was an avenue for what he was actually calling me into and and leading in my life. And so that's where I am now. My passion is seeing the church be the church.
0: And and, And, you know, I it really is a privilege to get to work with you. I love working with you, Megan. Mm-hmm. And I, I try and tell you that regularly. Um, you know, you're in this, in a role that it's not really a new role anymore. You've been in it for two and, and a half. half years as the, as the executive director. How do you find that as far as, cause that's a calling, mm-hmm. right? Doing the executive director role has been a calling and we spent probably the first year trying to figure out what that, probably a year and a half. actually. Yeah. How are you finding that your passion is connected to your calling? And And I think, Maybe you know what your purpose is. I know I'm just now starting to realize what I believe God's purpose in my life is, mm-hmm. and I'm still kind of articulating that. But how do you find your passion and the calling that God has you in now in ministry, but also in life because you're also a mom? That's mm-hmm. what we talked about that. What do you what? Tell me about that. I think
1: figuring out what you enjoy doing, what um, gives you the most excitement, but also um, how you love expressing glory back to God or worshiping God. Where do you find um, the most joy in life. And then once you start noticing those instances happen, what were you doing? Yeah. What, in what ways were you serving? Were you teaching? Were you um, behind the scenes? Were you building? Were you creating?
0: Oh, that's good, and yeah. figuring
1: out. I, I don't think God gives you a passion for things that just aren't in you. So if you're a creative person, finding ways that you can be creative, that's how he wants you to serve him. Yeah. That's how he created you. Yeah, And so figuring out those things, it becomes natural and easy and you enjoy doing it. And it's not always in ministry or it's not always in a church setting. You can yeah. do your calling and whatever you're passionate about outside of the church building.
0: Well, I think that's, I think we get so confused because we assume ministry means church Yep. and we're called to be ministers everywhere. I mean, even in government, you have the minister of defense. Yeah. That's obviously not a church, yeah. right? It's a role and it's, um, Actually, and I, I never thought about this. okay. So if your passion is about helping people go into their calling what they're passionate about, uh, what God has called them and their purposes, I think part of the reason why I we work together so well is you actually do. You help me be able to do the things that I believe God is calling me to to live out part of my purpose.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: and And I appreciate that. And it shows because you know I'm not a I can be detail oriented, but it's not a skill set of mine. It's mm-hmm. I have to work at that. But I often joke, you're kind of my left brain. You're the the parts that say, "Don't forget this."
1: You're <laughs> my the, fun brain. Yeah, well, <laughs> and that's
0: and that's. I think that's there's a, that that evidence that comes into um, the fruit of it. Sometimes is does the passion lead to fruit that points to God?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and when we look at that story of Jacob and Esau, you know, we talked about how they were driven by the wrong passions. They were driven by appetites, and and there are five that Rick Warren in the book, and and if you haven't got on a look at, okay, this is the book Forty Days of Purpose, and and I read it years ago,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and I mean I think it came out in, what two thousand four or five something like that. I, was,
1: I had to have been middle school or high school when I read it.
0: Thank you for reminding me of my age. I appreciate... you're welcome.
1: <laughs> I'm just sharing. I am not college age anymore.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely not college age, and uh, I purposely chose to not read the book beforehand. We actually did it as a staff, Mm -hmm. but I wanted to be able to read it in real time with our people as I was preaching it and and having a sense of what it was doing in me and not here's what it did a month ago in me. Mm -hmm. And he actually talks about that. There are five drivers that he lists, and I'm sure there are more, but he talks about guilt, anger, fear, materialism, and approval. And that these things can twist your passion. Now, I'll be honest, I know for me, if I were to say the two things that probably drive me the most are fear and people-pleasing. Mm-hmm. Like that is, I, for years, I thought I wasn't a people-pleaser. I was like, I don't care what anybody thinks. And, and then about four years ago, I'm like, I care what everybody thinks, just not in the ways that a normal people-pleaser, what you associate with a people-pleaser. Mm-hmm. I want people to have good experiences. Mm-hmm. And that includes with me. And so when People get upset with me. My fear is, oh, my gosh, what if what if I'm not doing this right? Or what if someone isn't having a good time? Uh, for Enneagram talk, I, I'm a seven. I, I enjoy the fun stuff. If you were to point, are there ones that in there you're looking going like, when you're driven by the wrong things, what are you yeah. driven by? Well,
1: I looked at them. And I said, when aren't I driven by all of these? <laughs> like, I can point to all of them at some point yeah. and find a story about it. But definitely the uh, need for approval is probably my biggest of just, I always want to be seen as successful and that I have my crap together and that I'm not failing at anything. Yeah. I'm doing well in life. And so those types of things and the people pleasing for sure. Like yeah. that's the main goal behind everything I do is that I want people to like me and yeah. yeah.
0: Do you, um, you know, we think about these idea of purpose and, and I, I want to bring, it's actually a text that we didn't we didn't read on Sunday, but it, it's this idea that everything we do is supposed to be about God, right? Our, if Jesus is our passion, if God is our passion, that's how we discover our purpose, because our first purpose should be God. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and, I have a question on that. Yeah, is every do you think everyone's purpose is the
0: same? I think our first primary purpose is yes. Yeah. So I think that you don't have one purpose; you have multiple purposes. But I think every Every human being has a primary purpose that God created them for, which is to know and love God and make him known. Mm -hmm. And even the non-Christian, they're just rejecting that purpose, right? Right. And so I would say across the board, you don't have to question, is that my purpose? No, God has already said that is our first purpose. But God, uh, because he is good Mm -hmm. and because he's invited us to partner with him, he's also given us purposes to partner with him to bring glory to the world. And that's where I think we are distinct. And I I really do believe that every person has a unique purpose like a fingerprint. Mm -hmm. They might look the same, like your fingerprints and my fingerprints look the same, but if you dig deep enough, there's some differences. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where he uses our passion, Mm -hmm. our callings to kind of help us go, wait, I know people who are very talented teachers, far better teachers and preachers and communicators than I am, but they might have a different purpose in their communication than I do. Mm-hmm. Or And even if it's just a small, small difference, it's still it's what makes us unique. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. yeah, because I view it as God created everyone uniquely. Yeah, and yet we are all human. Yes. And so we have that purpose in serving Him, bringing glory to him, honoring him, worshiping him. And yet because we're different, it always looks different. Yes. And so finding marrying, purpose-calling passions, they're all very similar words yeah and yet slightly different
0: well and that's exactly so i think that's where for me it was so confusing for so long is that i would interchange those things and Mm -hmm. i I was online looking at the difference between purpose and calling and it was funny is there's a a lot of disagreement yeah because those words are interchangeable and i think so you just have to pick a meaning and this is what i mean by it and i think our the fundamental purpose of all human beings is to glorify god to love god know him and make him known right um but then God also has a purpose for me and for you that is ultimately still about making him, loving him and making him known. But it is him saying, this is my fingerprint on you. And mm-hmm. this is what I'm excited about within the book is he actually gives us five keys that every human being has a purpose for. But your purpose in like, let's say worship.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Worship is what we're going to be talking about this coming Sunday. And uh, for me, music has been a very important part of my my journey in Christ
2: mm-hmm.
0: and I do believe that part of my purpose is to help people worship. Now, the calling of that is lived out in different ways. And specifically, I do feel part of my purpose is, has been uh, helping people connect with God and worship through singing.
2: Yeah.
0: But there are a lot of different ways to worship. And yeah. there are different, a lot of different singers and how we connect. And I, I, I think that's where some of the, the difficulty comes in is that it's way easy to point out what I'm called to. That's easy to find, but then getting to the root of why do I have that calling? I think that's where the work is. This is, I want to read from, uh, this is from uh, Romans in uh, chapter 11, and it says this, Oh, the depths of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable is judgment and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? Who is ever given to God that God should repay them for from him and through him and for him are all things to him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. And uh, I was thinking about this, this verse as we were coming in, the whole point of Romans now, the first uh, 11 chapters before this are all about the fact that God does what he wants. He had a purpose for Israel. He had a purpose for the Gentiles, mm-hmm. but both of them, their purpose was to point people to himself. And then he goes, but you don't always understand how God is going to live out that purpose. So the Gentiles, it looked different than it did for the, the Israelites, mm-hmm. for the Jews. But his purpose was still the same, and they each had a purpose. And interestingly, that does connect to Jacob and Esau, which we talked about on Sunday, is God's purpose, he actually defines their purpose at the beginning of the story. He tells their mother, Rebekah, that I'm going to form two nations out of the children in your womb. That was his purpose to create two nations. One a holy nation set apart for God, which was Jacob, and the other one was a, a nation that was going to be a conflict, which was Esau and the Edomites. And I wonder if they knew that. Like I wonder if they were told their entire life, now this is your purpose, Jacob. I don't think they did I don't think she ever said that to them. I think I think she kept that because we don't get the sense that they knew that. Mm-hmm. And yet from Jacob came Israel, from Israel came God's people and the the calling on their life to go and um, be a light to the Gentiles, from the Israelites came Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so their purpose was literally to, to begin the fostering, the, the means by which God would bring about the Messiah. Did they always know that, that purpose? No, because their calling didn't always look the way they wanted it to. And I think Israel often associated, they, they misinterpreted their calling with their purpose. Mm. That's where they when they came in and they were like, hey, we're a royal, holy, and chosen people. And they're like, yeah, but that's not your purpose. That's your calling. Your purpose is to be a light to the Gentiles. And I think they got so caught up in their calling, they missed their purpose. And that's why, that's what the whole point of Romans is. You missed the purpose. You missed your point was to be a light. And now God had to find a different way to do it because you weren't living out your purpose. Yep. You got obsessed with your calling.
1: <laughs> and that's constantly and in, in the role of the church, like I feel like I'm constantly asking myself that of like, am I actually living out my purpose or am yeah. I getting too obsessed with the job or the calling yeah. that I've been tasked with? Am I too busy going about these things that I have to do because I'm living out my calling, that I forgot to pray for someone or I overlooked someone or whatnot because I was too busy with yeah, But I felt high and called to do, <laughs> all high and mighty.
0: <laughs> well, and, and and even like today, so like you're doing this because I asked you to, mm-hmm. right? But you're also doing it because you want to see this succeed because I have a value for it. Yeah. And it was a calling. But I, I do think that in your heart, there is a purpose that God has put you on this earth. And it's probably connected mm-hmm. to helping other people live out their callings. Absolutely. And so I think there's there's a real beauty in that. Um The other part I love about this text is that the whole point of it is, is that we don't know God's purpose unless we seek God. Mm -hmm. I can't discern God's purpose apart from God in my life. I can't. I can't go, here's God's purpose for my life, but I don't know who God is or I don't care what God thinks. No, the only way I can truly know my purpose is I have to go to the God who gave it to me. And, And when he says unsearchable, unknowable, what it's really saying is the only way I can discover that is by going to God directly. Uh, at one point, and Paul says, "We have the mind of Christ because of the Holy Spirit." Well, it's the Holy Spirit in us that gives us the mind of Christ, and so I can't search God on my own. I can only access what God allows me to, and then that's the whole point when He comes back to: is our first primary purpose is God for, from Him, and through Him, and and for Him uh, are all things. To Him be the glory. When you look at, when you look at your life and and your faith, um how how does your faith how does your relationship with god help you um grow in that understanding does that make sense like what what like you've got all these books like i came out I was, okay so and honestly we got here and i had like nothing in front of me you come down with this problem I'm like i'm the guy who's hosting this and you <laughs> look like, like you're I all prepared. Be prepared yeah yeah <laughs> But share a little bit about, like, what's been your journey with the Lord? How does God's word, is there, are there things that you're doing that help you kind of press to know God's heart for your life?
1: Yeah, I would say, one, faith is a uh, spiritual gift of mine. So it has oh, just yeah. always come easy. And so I feel like when I sit down to do my quiet times or my studies, I have to, like, really dive in deep I like the deep stuff, yeah. if that makes sense. I have to pull everything apart and dissect it and understand the context and the history and know everything about what happened in this certain time period. And that is exhausting. And so when I slip, it's because I don't want to do all that or I don't have time to do all that. Yeah. And so then stuff just becomes really like superficial and light and I get bored with it and then I... Turn away, yeah. and it's not really a turning away from faith. My faith is always rock solid, but I have to dig in to experience God or to know God uh, on a relationship level, not just a yeah, I know God's there. Like, of course, I have faith, but if I'm not pouring in, I'm not exercising that faith. It it loses its value I guess yeah
0: are there um so I see you have a journal yeah like are there are there tools that you are are leveraging or utilizing in your life like tell me a little bit about yeah
1: so I just started this journal I actually really like it um I think it's called the James method but it's basically just verse mapping so you take a verse and you it helps you dissect literally everything um so it it breaks down like what's happening around this verse. break down the scene where is this taking place what was happening in history at this time um, so go, getting outside of the Bible even, and well, I don't open a history book, but I opened Google <laughs> and I, you know, like what was happening at this time? What, what King was in place and why was that yeah. important? Did that have any context to this verse or this, um, chapter? So then reading the chapter, pulling it apart, consulting experts, reading, um, other books if necessary, and then there's like the challenge part two of the committing to change. What are you going to do with this? Yeah. Just because you learned all this information, how do you then apply it? Or more so like, what is God speaking to you in this moment? And usually it's, for me, it's been the like little things that I can do. Not like big life-changing commitments, yeah. but like I could send that person a card or I wonder how God will place certain people on my mind. Like, I wonder how this person is doing. I haven't talked to them in forever. Maybe I should reach out. Yeah. Um, and so those little types of things help as well. Is but that anyway. why it's
0: called the James Method? Is because it's, it's uh, it James tells us not just be hearers of the word, but doers. Word. Yeah.
1: yeah, probably. <laughs> Never made the connection. <laughs> but anyway, I really liked it. It connects related passages. Um, and it's been an intensive study on a specific uh, verse okay. versus a book or... Um, topic, but I like those too. I also really like right now media. If I'm just,
0: yeah, right now media has got some really good, I've, um, so I, I've tried journaling over the years. I'm horrible. Oh, I
1: can't journal. I'm
0: horrible at journaling. Um, I love podcasts, which is part of the reason why I have this medium. It's so funny on, in our, in our executive team between you and me and Derek, you know, neither of you are like, yeah, podcasts. And, and for me, like I've actually found most of my growth has come because of sitting under other pastors mm-hmm. and allowing uh, them to speak into things. And then authors, I love reading, um, theology, but I've, I've really found, uh, some of the long form podcast stuff, Carrie Newhoff. I really enjoy There's some wonderful pastors, but for me it's, it's, um, I've fallen in the trap and this is probably the, the danger with school. I remember one of my, my mentors said, Jason, um, a seminary degree will either help you love Jesus or walk away from Jesus. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: It's uh, I've heard that. And, and and the reason is because you you all of a sudden your faith becomes nothing but academic. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful for the school I went to and I know I believe this is the desire of almost every seminary. But we focused not so much on just the theology but how does this how do we grow in this? And and that's the part for me where uh, I'm no longer at the point where it used to be I would read books to learn about God. That was the theology side of stuff because I needed to prove a point. I had to write a paper about what I believed and and I believe that was important, but there was always the challenge of now what? Mm-hmm. And and even in that, talking about our purpose, um, if, if the biggest question in human history is what am I here for? Well, theology should ultimately be about helping me understand why I'm here. What's my purpose? hmm and I think there are all kinds of different tools. All right, so last last question. Um, we talked, we looked at the story of, of Jacob and how Jacob running from his brother who he just uh, conned out his father out of the birthright that was due to Esau, he got the birthright and Jacob goes to Bethel and there he falls asleep and the Lord shows to him a ladder and that ladder is descending from heaven to earth and there's angels ascending and descending and... And then he proceeds to tell all the ways he's going to bless Jacob. And what I was in awe of is that nowhere in the story does it tell us that God confronted Jacob on all of his sins. I mean, he did some pretty mm-hmm. horrific things.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And he doesn't do that.
1: No, and even if you keep reading, like, Jacob's still a terrible person. Yeah, <laughs> he is. He, like, nothing and, really changed a whole lot. From that dream until later.
0: That's right. I think that was the beginning. That was yeah. the catalyst of God showing Jacob, hey, you're at the top of the ladder. I'm the one who's going to do this. Stop trying to make this. And yet Jacob was in process. And that I was like, man, God, you are so gracious in that. Because how often do I try and make my purpose happen instead of trusting that it's going to happen? Uh, I remember I had a, a prophetic word spoken over me when I was in my 20s. And I won't go into the, the nature of the word, but I remember going to my pastor and be like this, and it's been confirmed by like five different people, and they've all said the same thing. Am I supposed to do And I began to list out all the things that I needed to do to make this prophetic word happen. And uh, my pastor looked at me and he goes, Jason, if it's really from the Lord, pursue Jesus and it'll happen. Mm-hmm. If you try and pursue it yourself, that's you making it happen. That's you trying to make the prophecy happen instead of trusting and that's really the goal of a prophetic word is it's supposed to make you trust in Jesus to pursue him because if it's really from the Lord, he'll make it happen.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm, I was in awe reading through that because I've read this story many times, but I never connected. It never hit me that, and you just nailed it, Jacob didn't change. He was still a broken guy and God's still working with him and he still blessed him and did incredible things through him until there's this point, and we didn't get to it on Sunday, where Jacob wrestles with God, Mm -hmm. and this is where I think we actually finally see the changing in Jacob's life, is the Lord appears to him, and he wrestles with Jacob, and it says Jacob wouldn't give up, and finally the Lord put a a giddy up in his hitch. He pinched his hip so that he couldn't walk straight, and then he changed his name from Jacob to Israel, and Israel, it's one of the uh, meanings of the word Israel is one who wrestles with God. And I wonder if part of that wrestling for Jacob was wrestling to understand I, my first purpose is you.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And he had to, and that was the wrestling like that. I think that's a big part is some of us just want God to say, no, this is what your purpose is. But I think there's a beauty in wrestling. So as you look at your life, how have you wrestled with God Mm -hmm. to understanding your calling, your passion, your purpose? What does that look like? And and maybe you're still wrestling. I know I'm still wrestling.
1: Most of it takes place, again, in that quiet time, but it can really happen anytime. I always encourage people to actually be real with God. Yeah. That's what wrestling is. Questioning, it's letting him know your doubts, letting him know your fears or worries in a situation or frustrations with life in general, and it's always been in those moments that God speaks the loudest. Yeah. Yeah. I have never heard the audible voice of God, but it's it's those promptings or those movings. Um, looking back, that I'm like, oh, that's what you were doing, God, or like that's yeah. why I went through that season of questioning and wondering or frustrated, whatever it is. Um, seeing God's faithfulness in those moments now is what keeps me going forward when I'm struggling currently. Yeah, if that makes sense. So,
0: no, that makes perfect, and I think. And here's what I love about that is um, sometimes we're wrestling with God in the midst of stuff, and sometimes we're wrestling after the fact. Mm -hmm. And I know I've been wrestling for a while, and and it's only been probably in the last couple months where I feel like I'm finally getting a grasp on I've had all these callings in my life, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, wait, all these callings have this thing in common, and I feel so alive when I'm living out God's purpose for my life. Mm Not when I'm living out my calling. Like, the callings are great, but they come and go. But when I'm actually living out the thing that God created me for, like, Jason, this is what, you know, maybe I'm the hammer. This is, this is you hitting the nail, right? Mm-hmm. When a hammer nails a nail, it is the most hammer thing it can be. When I'm nailing it, so to speak, <laughs> 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 um, when I'm doing that, it's when I feel most alive. And I'm beginning, I've been wrestling and saying, okay, God, what is all this about? And I, I think for the first time I'm starting to see it. Okay, if you had one last thing to say to people just to encourage them as they're going through 40 Days of Purpose, because we still got like five more weeks of this, yeah. how would you encourage them uh, in, in their journey and figuring out their purpose? And mm-hmm. this is?
1: I think part of it would be to spend the time wrestling, and especially if you're feeling lost or wondering, like, what is my purpose? Yeah. Actually sit down and wrestle with God and figure it out and come to a conclusion together is <laughs> 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 part of it. But also just... Just take notice of the little things. What do you enjoy doing? What yeah. brings you satisfaction and happiness? Um, what makes you feel most alive? And if it's something centered around God, that's shoot for that. That's for probably that. the
0: purpose because it's God-centered. It.
1: Yes. If it's something else, not of God, then take notice of how do you actually feel? <laughs> because it's maybe your happiness is fleeting or it's, it doesn't last or it leaves you feeling empty. That's not it.
0: Yeah. I, I think, um, I wonder if sometimes our sinful passions are a perversion of what God intended mm-hmm. us to be passionate about.
1: Yeah. Distractions. Yeah.
0: yeah. And so it's something that started off as good and then our sin nature got a hold of it or a lie got a hold of it and all of a sudden it twisted it. Mm-hmm. Man, that's so good. Hey, I'm so glad you did this first one with me. Thank you, Megan. It means a You're lot welcome. to me. And uh, she's going to be on every week from now on. No, actually, I promised her that would not be the case. <laughs> no, I really, this was this was so great. And uh, I thank you for being here. And I hope those who are watching, I hope this was an encouragement for you. Uh, a little bit different format. And again, I'm excited to see how God's going to move in this. Uh, thank you, guys. Lord be with you. Peace be with you. I don't know how to end this thing right now. We'll figure that out. Uh, hey. Go forth. Go,
2: go team. Onward, Christian soldiers. Uh, yes yeah. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.